The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. And thank you so much for joining us again here on Winning Ponies. I think we're going to have a fun-filled show tonight. We're going to get together uh, with an old friend, and that is Gary West. Uh, Gary is uh, currently down at Kentucky Downs, a track I told you I just absolutely love and you have to put on your bucket list. I'm not going to describe it to you because... Gary has such a way with words, I'm going to let him take care of it. Of course, for years, he was the columnist for the Dallas Morning News and the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. He is still a commentator on ESPN and CNN. He's at his own radio show. And now he's part of a real powerhouse team down there at Kentucky Downs, where you, the betting public, can get a great deal on your dollar and listen to some of the top handicappers uh, throughout the show at Kentucky Downs, uh, like John Lease, Joe Christofik, Dick Downey, and the Brooklyn Cowboy, Kevin Cox. They're all down there giving out their selections. Uh, So Gary will be in the second portion of the show. Our first guest is going to be Dan Torgman. Hope I don't ruin his name. He's got a brand new project. He's been on with us before. A guy's a really uh, uh, upbeat, fun lover, loves the game. But he has a new project coming up in 2017 called Equestracon. It's going to be a horse racing convention that's going to take over Saratoga Springs for a few days next year. And I'm going to have to talk to Dan because I think this is going to be a a rolling convention. It's not going to be the same city at the same time every time. So uh, we will uh, be talking with Dan. And after that, I'm going to be talking with Gary. Just watch some races from Kentucky Downs. Okay, well, Of course, with all the action we have at Kentucky Downs and the big fields and the great betting opportunities, you want to pull down your easy win forms. Hope you did over the weekend. Man, we killed them at uh, at Monmouth. the uh, $1 super box on the third paid $4,014. And on the same day, a $1 super key paid $1,750. Of course, we cover all the coast. Del Mar. August 31st, a $1 super paid $1,644. And the big pools at Saratoga give us lots of opportunities, or they did anyhow, because sad to say it's over. But if you were with us on the third, a $1 super key brought you home $5,819. I hope you had it. Well, um, we had a great uh, weekend uh, here in Cincinnati as we had our annual fundraiser silent auction for old friends. And 
If you ever find yourself in the Georgetown area, if you're coming through for the Derby some year, just going down to Lexington, perhaps for the sale this week, um, stop by Georgetown. Uh, Pretty much the doors are almost always open. They give tours three times a day. And, of course, you've got War Emblem and Silver Charm and many other greats down there. Uh, Too numerous to name right now with our time allotment. But uh, Michael and Diane Blowen just do a great job, and they really enjoy the race. As a matter of fact, uh, watch Michael nail a pick four here the other day. Uh, So he had uh, a good time making money for the farm and making a little uh, – you know, beer money for himself. He was kind enough to take me out for a couple after the day was done. So I just want to thank everybody that donated uh, to the Old Friends auction. Big day down at, at Kentucky Downs today with Old Friends, and we'll be talking with Gary West about that. They actually had a stakes race named after him. Also, this time of year, it's when the tracks get together and encourage the jockeys to visit the local children's hospitals. Uh, September is childhood cancer awareness month and i had the pleasure to get together with a group of jockeys from belterra park and i do want to name them giovanni garcia eddie zuniga rodrigo vergara uh, sophie rangels marco kamaki and jake radasevich actually many more jockeys wanted to come but we were limited due to the size of the children's room and we just had an absolute great time uh, they, we pulled out uh, jockeys uh, goggles and gave them to all the kids we also had uh, trading cards that were given to us by the jockeys guild i want to thank everybody that participated in that uh, either with donations or by coming with us so thanks a lot of good guys out there and what's great is they're going to be doing it coast to coast this year uh, you might probably see a lot of jockeys wearing a uh, yellow ribbon on their pants and that's to uh, bring focus to Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. Well, uh, if you're not aware of it or not, starting Monday, reach in those jeans and pull out some greens. It's the Kentucky Keeneland September Yearling Sale. And this is where the biggins come from. Uh, it all starts at 11 o'clock on Monday. Of course, book one is the creme de la creme. Uh, Some of the September sale graduates uh, you may have heard of. As a matter of fact, they swept uh, the Triple Crown and the Traverse Stakes. Nyquist, Exaggerator, Creator, and Arrogate all came out of this sale. And uh, a few other multiple champions such as uh, Beholder, uh, the, the Acorn winner Karina Mia, Canadian Horse of the Year, Catch a Glimpse, uh, Carolina, Harmonize, who won the Delmar Oaks, I'm a Chatterbox, took the Delaware Handicap. Uh, the list could go on and on, but you get the point. The best of the best are down at Keeneland. If you're lucky enough to be anywhere near there in the next week and a half, get down there. It is so cool. Uh, watching the the best of the best also you get to rub shoulders with uh, you know jerry hollendorfer uh, bob baffert i mean they're down there for their clients doing their shopping that's where they find the big ones and also you can get full coverage of the entire sale on uh, keeneland.com and uh, tvg is also going to provide periodic coverage but just go to keeneland.com and you can watch the sale yourself well uh california chrome (laughs) he got all 43 first place votes on the ntra top thoroughbred poll so he stands among uh all of the greats right now as the number one horse in north america um 
one of the things that probably bumped him to the top was the outcome of the grade one Woodward. And uh, I'm going to go on right now and take a look at last week's results because we had so many of them. Uh, It was uh, absolutely uh, an unbelievable uh, weekend as far as uh, racing was concerned. So let's see if we can get through there. Of course, uh, we had uh, Matt Bernier uh, was, was with us. And uh, the uh, the Woodard, the gates opened and Frosted, who was heavily favored, uh, kind of broke awkwardly and then he brushed with the gate. But uh, he was given a very, what they'll call, confident ride by Joel Rosario, uh, Many are saying that it was maybe perhaps too confident of, of a ride. As uh, when you read the chart, here's something you don't see a whole lot. The quote was, this is in the final furlong, drifted in under overconfident handling. So they think that Joel Rosario felt that he could pretty much uh, you know, press, press the button anytime he wanted to, and he was going to... Uh, be able to uh, go past the rest, but that wasn't the case. Shaman Ghost at nine to one, well judged ride by Javier Castellano, won the Brooklyn Handicap two back, and uh, this race uh, upset at Saratoga. That's not a surprise, and it's not a surprise to see the name Jerkins as the trainer of an upset winner. That was James Jerkins, son of the giant killer. In the second spot was Moob Tahij, uh, the globetrotter, who was ridden hard in a, in a game uh, effort, and uh, Frosted did get up for third in what was a very, very close race. So um, that again was the Woodward. Going to try to get to as many as we can. The spinaway stakes, always a top race for two-year-old fillies. What a race this was. Came down to a dead heat to two daughters of Tappet. Now it was really testy. The final furlong, they exchanged bumps. Uh, Sweet Loretta, um, so many horses got off to a bad start but sweet loretta looked like maybe she started the action but it didn't st- it stop uh, a pretty city dancer uh from from coming back so uh those two exchange bumps they looked at it and they said let's just call it a tie everybody wins so sweet loretta pretty city dancer they tie in the grade one spin away in the third spot was the horse we liked last week and that was Cherry Lodge, who went off as the even money favorite. And then in the uh, Glens Falls following that race, the winner was the British bred suffused trained by Billy Mott. Let's go on to Sunday at Saratoga. It was the grade two Prioress uh, purse, $300,000. And in a surprise, 22 to 1, wire to wire, previously undefeated Lucy and Ethel. That's right. This horse came in here with wins, two wins at Parks, and then went to Gulfstream Park, won the Grade 3 Old Hat. 22 to 1 takes home the Prioress. In the uh, second spot, it was Dearest at 6 to 1, and third, 20 to 1 shot. Takras. Uh, Mammoth Park uh, had some good uh, baby races this week. Of course, uh, the sapling went to, no surprise, Tip Tap Tapazar, 
beautifully rated by Paco Lopez. Just got up by a neck as the slight favorite over Holiday Bonus, who ended up running second. Sonic Mule, who chased the pace, was third. So that was the action on Sunday uh, on the uh, East Coast. On the West Coast, we had Delmar, the John C. Maybe, and the winner was Avenge at 7-1. Just exploded in the stretch and held off Finest City by a head. So he gets the grade two, John Maybe. And then we had a derby. It was the Delmar Derby. It was a four-horse finish. Outside horses doing pretty well in here. Now, it's a grade two at a mile and an eighth. And the winner was Free Rose at 11 to 1. The 11 horse just lasted, stretched it out, went wire to wire the race before the grade three La Jolla and had to stretch out an extra 16th of a mile, but got the job done. Free Rose takes the Del Mar Derby. In the second spot was Rallis, and finishing third, dressed in Hermes. Okay, well, Labor Day, hope you had a, a good picnic uh, wherever you were, and uh, we're going to got to see a lot of horses that uh, hopefully have a hopeful future, and I sure do think that they do, and that was the 112th running of the hopeful stakes at Saratoga. Uh, it was a three-horse photo, and then they were far away from the rest. I think you're going to see some nice horses come out of this race. Chad Brown setting training records up there. Got the job done with Practical Joke, a beautiful ride by Jose Ortiz, rated in fifth. Then was fourth, then was third, and just got up by a neck over Luis Saez on Royal Copy, who ruined the chance for D. Wayne Lucas. To have his eighth win in a hopeful stakes. Royal Copy uh, was the pace setter the whole way, and he was pressed by third place finisher pace setter. Who was favored? It was Classic Empire, winner of the Bashford Manor at Churchill Downs, wheeled at the start and threw Irad Ortiz to the ground. So the favorite didn't get the job done in the hopeful. Uh, let's just take one more look of uh, the girls' sorority stakes at Monmouth. Uh, this was uh, going uh, a six furlong uh, dash, and uh, it looks like I'm running out of time, and I've got too many races. So uh, uh, we've got uh, uh, Dan Torgman on the uh, line with us. We're going to take a little bit of a break. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, Dan Torgman. I did pronounce his name right. He told me, so I feel good about that. Uh, he's a writer, a blogger, a handicapper, and founder of the horse racing website, DanonymousRacing.com. I told you folks to go to that months ago. I, I hope you did. Uh, he's a graduate of Syracuse University, a double major. This guy must have really had his nose in the books. Now, if you know anything about broadcasting, if you come out of Syracuse with a degree in communications, rhetorical studies, and broadcast journalism, you should be on ESPN. But I don't think Dan is now. I'm not sure if he uh, if he wants to, but obviously uh, he, he took his communication skills and uh, has uh, moved it into a whole new area, uh, 2017 Equestricon. But before we get there, Dan, it's been a while since we talked. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, it's been it's been a little while. Uh, thanks for having me back on, John. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you know, my nose wasn't in the books, but it was uh, it, it was in, in racing forms and, uh, and programs, <laughs> studying horse racing when I was in school, and it was always kind of around. And so, um, you know, I worked in TV for a while, but uh, you know, eventually you come back to what you know, and uh, horse racing is kind of what I've always known and, and what I've always loved. It was kind of right there in front of me. So, uh, you know, here we are. Uh, you know the, the Anonymous Racing uh, has been just a great sort of resource for uh, bringing together horse racing fans, horse betters. Um, we've really built a community around the website. Uh, I've connected with so many great people. You know, I'm sure you hear people say all the time, horse racing, Twitter. It's just, uh, it's just a different world, and it's been great in terms of uh, connecting a lot of us. Um, so that's been great, too. Well, you know, uh, one thing I've uh, said for many, many years is, what the sport needs is ambassadors. We all need to be an ambassador. And uh, you're not only one yourself, but it looks like you're on the road to creating additional ambassadors. I, I got my little uh, my, my press release, and I didn't let it leak. Uh, it said that it was embargoed. Uh, and wouldn't really tell you what was going on, but it did say something's going to happen in downtown Saratoga Springs, and you need to stay tuned for tomorrow and tomorrow at that time was uh september 2nd tell us please what equestracon is it sounds like some kind of marvel comic book uh you know horse-like uh you know monster 
Yeah, there's no question that we uh, there is a little bit of inspiration from Comic Con, but uh, what EquestriCon is is the first ever international horse racing convention, fan festival, and trade show. And really, the emphasis is on fan. It's about uh, creating uh, a massive event that celebrates the sport of horse racing with the fans. Uh, it's a way to get the industry together under one roof with sort of a unified message that, um, you know, uh, we're, we're all kind of in this together. We understand that fans, horse players, and, you know, other stakeholders in the game, they're looking for ways to engage with one another. Uh, we just talked about Twitter. So they're looking for ways to uh, really connect with one another, uh, to, to learn more from each other, to get more involved in racing. Your are aspiring handicapper to your, your fan who's been in the game for a while who maybe is interested in ownership. Where do they get that information? Where do they come uh, to meet face-to-face with people and learn more and get more involved in the process? Well, we say, you know what, why not come to one place that we're calling, you know, EquestriCon and get it there. So EquestriCon next year, uh, will the inaugural EquestriCon will be at the Saratoga Springs City Center in uh, downtown Saratoga Springs. Um, the dates are August 13th through 15th. And, uh, you know, I, I can't say enough about uh, just sort of the support that the city has, uh, has lent to this and, and, and really the encouragement that we're getting. We, we made an announcement last week, and uh, the mayor of the city, Joanne Yepsen, was there with us to make the announcement. We were also accompanied by uh, some members of our advisory board, including uh, trainer Grand Motion and uh, Terry Finley, uh, president of West Point Thoroughbreds, and Fulton, owner-breeder. Um, and we've got so many other great um, sort of industry personalities and, and influencers behind us from, from Gabby Gaudet uh, to Matt Bernier to Craig Banderoff to uh, Ramon Dominguez. Uh, the list goes on and on. We've really uh, we've got the support, uh, we feel, from representatives from just every corner of the industry. And since we made the announcement, uh, just the, uh, the, the incredible interest that there's been in it has you know, and it's blown us away to a certain extent. We knew there would be interest. But um, we are, you know, we're still fielding calls and emails left and right uh, since we made the announcement. But people who are interested in coming out and, and exhibiting, showing their products and services, setting up a booth, um, you know, different uh, racing organizations sort of interested in sponsoring the event. So these are all great things. Uh, it's great to see that the message got through and, and that, you know, people uh, are really uh, gravitating towards this idea. And, and I think it's going to be a great opportunity to uh, to kind of engage directly with, with, with the people who, uh, you know, who are kind of like the lifeblood of this sport, that's the fans, and, uh, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really exciting. It really seems to be resonating across the board. I should say that um, this isn't uh, a venture that I'm, I'm taking uh, on my own. It's, uh, I have two partners, uh, Justin uh, Nicholson and Catherine Sharp. They, um, they're founders of the, uh, the 90 North uh, Racing Syndicate, which uh, they started a few years back to, to bring new, new fans into the game on the ownership side. They also uh, race and breed, um, you know, uh, in addition to, to the syndicate. So um, they, they've got a lot going on, and, they, and they're very well uh, sort of connected. And, and we're sort of all we're on the younger end of the, uh, the age spectrum in racing. We're, we're in our late 20s and early 30s, and so we have a vested interest in making sure that the sport is, uh, is strong and thriving moving forward. Now, uh, reading between the lines, is this something that uh, could or will uh, 
travel around the country because, uh, quite frankly, Saratoga at that time of the year is automatically an, an equestrian con, <laughs> almost stand alone. <laughs> um, is this something you're gonna you're gonna bring to other places? Well, you know, yeah, you know, I think you know the reason we're calling it an international horse racing convention because we think that not only. Uh, it, do we have a lot to learn from other jurisdictions internationally, and do we invite uh, and that we invite sort of those ideas and those perspectives and people from other jurisdictions to participate? But at some point, we do picture it. You know, we do envision it going not only coast to coast, but maybe you know outside our borders and, and, and taking it else, uh, you know, even outside the country. But for now, yeah, I mean, you know, one, one thing at a time, and and you know, we we figured there, there was no place uh, to, to kick this off that'd be better than Saratoga. Um, they're just sort of the infrastructure is there. It's a racing community. Um, and, you know, uh, we feel that we can provide some incentive for people to either extend their, their, their trips to Saratoga next summer by a couple of days, either on the front end or the back end. And, uh, the days of, of the convention are, are Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So typically those are the days that, that people aren't in town or, or they're leaving town. And so we, we hopefully we build an added, added incentive for them to stay longer. But yeah. You know, depending on on the success, and then we do at this point anticipate that it's going to be extremely successful. Uh, we anticipate there would be interest from from other areas and, and in bringing it to, to, to other states. Um, you know, we we've had sort of some internal discussions about what that might look like, but yeah, I mean, at this point, it's uh, it's one day at a time right now. <laughs> Um, so some of the things that I saw in your release is that you're going to have two-way panel discussions. Uh, you, you have invited guest speakers. Um, have you already gotten commitments from the racing community? Yeah, yeah, we, we've um, you know we haven't um, listed out uh, individual speakers yet on the website. The way we're kind of doing this, the way we envision doing it, is to kind of have a constant stream of updates between now and next year. So there's always something fresh and exciting to be reacting to um, as it relates to EquestraCon. So you know we know internally um, some of the speakers that that they're already booked. We know internally uh, some of the people who will be there for autograph signings, for meet and greets, uh, for Q&As with the fans and, and with horse players. Um, but we're kind of just going to gradually kind of uh, roll that out um, to keep attention on it and to keep, and to keep interest uh, in it. And uh, our, our tickets we're anticipating will go on sale um, late this year or early next. Um, usually, you know, I mean, that'll give us about eight to nine months for, uh, you know, for people to register and to get involved. And, and by then, I think by, by late December, early January, you'll have a lot of those names, uh, up on our website, which is equestricon.org. And you'll be able to kind of, you know, browse the various panel discussions, uh, the workshops that we plan on, on building, uh, the Q and A sessions, um, and, and, you know, and the topics too that we're, that we're doing, you know, it, it, they're not, we're, we're trying to find, sort of unique angles to, to discuss certain uh, topics that, that haven't been tried before. So like with photography, for example, we'll have a racing photography panel, but it, you know, what we'll do is we'll do something along the lines of, um, you know, the stories behind the photos. So, you know, the plan is to get, you know, three or four, you know, uh, sort of uh, premier industry photographers on a panel and have them sort of explain, you know, choose a photo, excuse me, choose a photo and, explain kind of what was happening in that moment, what the process was like, you know, uh, really just tell a story behind their photo and then, you know, take, take questions from the audience. So that kind of thing, or even with retired thoroughbreds, you know, we, we find there's a heavy emphasis on aftercare and the uh, Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance is our official charity partner. And our thought is that, you know, we'll do, um, you know, not just 
standard, just kind of telling people information about what retired, you know, off off the track thoroughbreds are, and 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 you know, just giving them that sort of basic information. But that we would kind of dive into success stories, and we'd hear about you know individual horses who who have transitioned into um you know into other careers and that sort of thing. So we're looking for sort of you know sort of fun, very personalized uh, ways to uh, to connect. Uh, you know, various topics in the industry with the fan and give them, you know, another way to sort of uh, engage with it and kind of sink their teeth into it. As as far as your physical needs, I mean, is this going to be uh, indoors, under a tent, in a gymnasium? Uh, what do, what are you looking at from that perspective? So you're asking what, is, what the event space will look like? Yes. So it, it's sort of it, it's evolving, but we do have um, we do have the entire building, the Saratoga City Center, which is you know just a ma- massive uh, convention center. Um, there is a uh, the main convention hall is uh, it, it essentially looks like a gymnasium when it's empty, uh, but it's you know it'll be filled with rows of, of exhibitor booths and various attractions, including um, a racing arcade, which uh, we think is pretty fun, which is essentially horse racing arcade games. Sorry for that noise. Uh, horse racing arcade games, uh, a bar, um, a design-your-own-silk station. Uh, like I said, there are going to be jockey signings uh, and signings from, from various industry personalities throughout the convention, so it's kind of up and down uh, the area that, that you know, that will be there. Um, and then ha- there will be, like, uh, wagering like product sh- showcases and demonstrations, so people who, who are creating and people and companies who are creating, uh, you know, new products that, Help the handicapper, for example. Um, they they can sort of dem- demo those products, bring them to, bring them to the floor, and uh, and have some sort of one on one time for anybody who wants to gather around and learn about a new product or a new service. They can do that. So we see that the floor being very active and busy. And then outside of that main exhibit hall, we have meeting rooms throughout throughout the building, and those meeting rooms are where the uh, the panels and, and breakout sessions would occur. Wow. Sounds like you've put a lot of uh, great thought into this. And I do like the fact that, that you've got uh, so much lead time. I do like the fact that you're not going to say, okay, here's our list, bum, 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 because you don't know over the next you know weeks or months uh, what storyline could develop that uh, right. would uh, you know bring new interest uh, to a specific subject. Yeah, no, you're exactly right. I mean, uh think about it, I mean, you know, obviously with a horse like American Pharaoh, you know, we didn't know there was going to be an American Pharaoh two years ago, and so um, you know, there could be another, you know, another super horse that emerges, and, and there could be an opportunity for, you know, for us to, you know, to, to bring out, you know, either the, the people connected to that horse, or there's, there might be a way for us to kind of showcase that horse, or a story related to that horse, or, or something else going on, or anything going on in the industry that kind of may change the direction of where we go with, with some of our planned activities and programming. So there's, you know, there's a lot of room for, uh, for this thing to evolve. We're having conversations every day where, you know, before it was just me, Justin, and Catherine um, who were throwing ideas around, and we came up with sort of the core program. And then now that we're sharing it with other people and, and other people are telling us they're interested in getting involved, they're throwing out ideas that, that we hadn't thought of, you know, to kind of make it um, even more interactive and, and more hands-on. So, you know, we're definitely, uh, you know, we're open to ideas and suggestions. I mean, after all, this really is for the fans. And so we just want it to be as fun as possible. 
and um, you know, we're, so we're, we're very we're very open minded, and like I said, we're we're engaging two way discussions, you know, at the event, and we're sort of uh, even pre convention, we're sort of. Uh, we're encouraging people to, you know, if they've got an idea or if they, they want to participate in any way, get involved with us. And, uh, you know, I can tell you to this point that the response has just been enormous. Uh, it's just, I, <laughs> to a certain extent, a little blown away by, by, by the number of phone calls and emails we've gotten from people who are interested uh, in participating uh, on, on one level or another. Uh, it, it just uh, it was really a, a, a fantastic uh, uh, concept. I and I think you're you're going to you know draw an audience from so many different places. I mean, you're talking about horse ownership. You're talking about meeting jockeys. You're talking about meeting uh, artists, uh, photographers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to be uh, so much selection. Uh, boy, it's going to be tough to try to kind of divvy it up so that one thing doesn't overlap with another. Yeah, well, the thing that's interesting is that, you know, I think we all know if, if you've been around the track uh, long enough, you run into people and, and whose entry point to racing might have been different than yours. It might have been, like, a, a conversation I had today was about photography. It might have been through photography, or it might have been through through, bed, through betting, through handicapping, or it might have just been that they grew up around horses, and, and they or they fell in love with the horse um, just sort of randomly. Um, whatever it might be, um, we know that, that there are, people are into racing for different reasons, and we want to be able to provide something uh, to every one of those people. We want, um, you know, we're not going to say that, oh, well, you know, if you don't bet on races, you know, if you're, if you're only interested in going out and, and wearing a nice hat and enjoying a day at the races, but you only bet, <laughs> you know, five bucks while you're at the races, well, we don't want you. No, that's, that's not the way it is. Everyone is, is invited to participate. Everyone is invited to learn more. And, um, you know, we, you know, we as a sport should, should embrace that and should celebrate the fact that our, our interests in it are varied and that we have so much to offer to, to such a wide, uh, you know, range of interests. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's for us, I think it's something that we're celebrating and we're saying, you know, no matter what it is that draws you uh, into racing, you know, we want to have that represented at this convention, and we want to celebrate that. We want to celebrate the fact that uh, kind of what we like about the sport may not may not be the same as, as the next person. But, um, you know, the one thing that unifies us and that does bring us together is that we all love racing. Well, Dan, thanks so much for your time. I've got to head to a break here. You've been in the business. You know what that's like. I wish you nothing <laughs> but the best with uh, Equestricon. And uh, I know that you'll keep me in the loop, and i got to figure we're going to have you on a time or two before the event happens, okay? Oh, please do. I, I really appreciate the time, and uh, thank you for having me on again. Anyone listening, the website is equestricon.org. All right, you've got it. That was Dan Torgman. Right now we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're heading south and talk with Gary West. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com. 
the home of the Easy Win Form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN, the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and with me, as I told you earlier, Gary West was going to be on with us. I gave you his resume at the top of the show. I want to also, uh, if you go to his bio on the website, we still need to update that because he's also now, in addition to the uh, his work with the Dells Morning News and the Fort Worth Star and ESPN, as the co-author of Ride to Win with my good friend Bob Fortas. And I feel guilty right now. He probably broke a sweat getting back to the hotel to talk to us because only about uh, half an hour ago, I was listening to him live on air down at Kentucky Downs. Gary West, how you doing? I'm doing great, John. And don't worry about uh my having to rush to get on the air because I always enjoy it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. When I was looking at the the uh, the, the, the team uh, that 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 you're working with, I mean, you know, Corey Johnson. I don't have to tell you does a a fantastic job. I love the guy. He's a great, as we were just talking earlier, ambassadors of racing. That's what we need. Uh, and he's done it a, a, as good as any executive in the business that I can. But man, what what a gallery of handicappers he brought together. I mean, not only uh, yourself, Gary West, but you got John Lees, Joe Christopher, Dick Downey, and the Brooklyn Cowboy, Kevin Cox. I mean, uh, those are some heavy heads in the handicapping business. Yeah, there's there's no shortage of opinions uh, out there, and uh, it's it, it makes for you know a, a fun day. And as Mark Twain once said, it's a difference of opinion that makes for a horse race, and we certainly have several of those. So it's it's a lot of fun, and the racing's terrific. Well, uh, I have always told everybody that Kentucky Downs, if you, you love horses or like to see different tracks, that you've got to go to this track. And, and then I describe it. Well, I didn't do that on purpose today because uh, you, you have uh, such a, an eloquent way uh, with words that I want you to describe to our audience what they would see when they walked into the building and then eventually viewing the track down there at Kentucky Downs. Well, when you walk in the building, I think you will, um, first of all, be struck with the renovations that are going on, and they're ongoing, starting with the outside, those will move inside, um, but you'll be struck with um, all the activity, because they have 
you know, the instant racing machines or historical racing machines. And if you step outside, you'll wonder what's going on. But you will see before you this, this vista of a racetrack. It's actually not an oval at all. It's a mile and five sixteenths, shaped like a pear. And, and you'll look at that and wonder, my gosh, what the heck is this? Because it's not like any racetrack I've ever seen before, and it certainly isn't unless you've been to Europe and visited some of the uh, racetracks there. But when you look to the right, that's where all the activity is for the racing. Uh, not that there aren't some horse players in the main grandstand as well, but uh, down by the finish line of this mile and five sixteenths kidney-shaped racetrack, um, there are people camped out, quite literally. They have their picnics, and they have uh, uh, spread themselves out on the ground. They are in tents. Um, and, and it's quite comfortable, actually. It's a, it's a pastoral setting. It's what you could imagine racing being like in the 19th century. It's with, uh, you know, like Charles II taking his, his, his courtiers out to watch the horses race. It's, it's just wonderful, um, that all these people are, are so closely, um, related to the horses. You know, they're, uh, they can come right up to the uh, paddock area. They are right and the horses come on the track, and and um, everyone is accessible. The jockeys are accessible. The horses are accessible. And it makes for, I think, uh, uh, a wonderful um, pastoral uh, setting for, for the sport as it was meant to be, I think. It is a pastoral sport, and, and that's what we have here at Kentucky Downs. I, I think it's one of the, the great venues in American racing. I really do, because there's nothing else like it. And... When you watch these horses come down the stretch, it's the longest stretch in America, and it's partly uphill, you see the beauty, I think, of the breed and the beauty of the racehorse. Since the uh, 18th century, he's been bred to do nothing but race, and the thoroughbred defines himself by racing, and when they're going uphill toward that finish line, they pin their ears back, and yes, they are trying to define themselves. They know exactly what they're doing, and it's a beautiful thing to watch. It really is. I mean, to put it in a nutshell, people have asked me, I said, well, it's basically like going to the county fair at Chantilly, France. <laughs> you know, it's just a combination of down home and classic racing. I mean, uh, the beauty of watching them sweep around that turn and almost looks like they're going I- into a forest. And then, as you stated, that the endless stretch, it's so long, they need two pan cameras. Uh, you keep thinking, especially if you've been on the front runner, Where's the finish line? Where's the finish line? Well, I got news for you, buddy. It's like two more furlongs down <laughs> that fence line. Yes, when, when they roll down uh, in, into the stretch and you see the horse making a move and you think he's not going to get there, just give it a moment. I mean, he might get there. You know, you, you, have, you have plenty of time. It's a, it's a long run, and it, it is outstanding to see so many good horses here. The, the turf racing um, that, that this uh, oval, of course, uh, focuses on is, I think, uh, some of the best turf racing in, in America. Uh, there's a race tomorrow, the More Than Ready Stakes, I believe it is. Four or three trainers uh, that have horses in the race are in the Hall of Fame. And uh, there are trainers throughout the country, both in California and in New York, and of course here in Kentucky, that have been focusing and preparing their horses for this season uh, for, for months. 
it is sensational, and it is such a challenge to handicap, but you guys got a, a, a lower takeout, and I, I know that you're offering a, a, a good contest this weekend for anybody that wants to go down there and buy themselves into it to end up at the National Handicapping Championship, I believe. That's right. The, uh, the contest, the National Handicapping Championship qualifying contest is a Saturday. And I, what is the buy-in, John? You probably know $100, I think. Uh, maybe um, 200, 200 200 right? The entry fee is 200 a maximum of two entries. And um, that will ensure a lot of activity uh, here Saturday. But, uh, of course, the focus, again, is on the racing. And there are four terrific stakes races Saturday. Um, an outstanding card. Of course, the feature is the Kentucky Turf Cup which um, is uh, the, the richest race run during this very rich season. As, as you probably pointed out, uh, they're giving away $1.5 million a day. The purses are the highest in America, and the betting is terrific because, of course, every race virtually has a full field of horses. The purses are so high, everybody wants to run here. Everybody wants to take a swing at these uh, very lucrative and alluring purses. So the fields are full, and uh, that means you can get a favorite, a very good horse, for four or five to one. And, okay, so you didn't have four winners today. All you need is two or three. And if you play it right, uh, that, that will be lucrative enough. Absolutely. Well, uh, looking at some of the races, before we get, we get on, I want to take a look at some of Saturday's races. But real briefly, over the weekend, I had a chance to uh, spend some time with uh, Diane and Michael Blowen. And you probably got a chance to meet them today because today was Old Friends Day at Kentucky Downs. And uh, you had uh, the Old Friends Steak. And uh, that was the one that just barely eked out, flatlined, was able to, uh, to, to hold on over perfectly majestic. But, uh, again, Corey Johnson, hats off to him. What a great job. And they actually have a, uh, an Old Friends mini facility down there and gift shop. Yes, uh, I, I know Michael Blow in a while, and uh, it's it's a wonderful story. You know, he and his wife were at the uh, what Boston Herald, I think, or Boston Globe. Uh, he was a, a movie critic, and and she was a columnist, and they gave that up because they fell in love with horse racing and horses, and they wanted to give these these terrific race horses a retirement. And it sounds like a bizarre idea, you know. If, if he had if he had told me this 20 years ago, I'd have said, Michael, you're out of your mind. Uh, but his idea was to bring these great old horses together at a place where people will come and see them and donate enough money to take care of all the horses. And of course, it's it sounds it sounds outrageous, but that is what has happened. And he's got a facility here and another a farm in Lexington. And, and of course, Silver Charm is there. Game on Dude, for example. A war emblem. Some, some of the, the race, the horses you have been following in some of the um, premier races of the last uh, 10 or 20 years are there. And you can uh, go see them and uh, befriend them. And it is, a, I think, uh, a marvelous, wonderful endeavor to uh, give these horses a comfortable, safe uh, retirement. And that's what Michael does. And he's devoted to it. And he has many, many friends and followers in the industry that support old friends. And today we have the old friends stakes, 
which is uh, sponsored by uh, old friends, and uh, they have a great relationship with uh, with Kentucky Downs. Well, and, and the other thing is, before we get down to the racing, is what what some people don't know is yes. Michael has these marquee horses, but because that draws people and draws donations, people don't realize he's also got another 140 horses, uh, probably right. 120 of them that you've never heard of. Because I know of right. ones that he's got the, out of $5,000 claimers at Beulah Park that he's taking care of. So uh, yeah. for anybody that thinks that uh, Michael's just got some uh, fantastic lawn ornaments out there, that's not the case. They're the draw, no doubt about it, but it brings attention to his organization, and it helps fund the rest of the program. Well, you mentioned the More Than Ready Mile uh, earlier, and there's a horse going to be in there that I just got to watch race in Cincinnati last week, and it's not every day we have a Breeders' Cup winner, a race at Belterra Park, but uh, Hootenanny, I guess you could say it was pretty much a public workout, or Wesley Ward uh, wouldn't be spinning this colt right back into the more than ready mile. But he better have his running shoes on because uh, watch your own bobber, uh, you know, uh, is uh, coming out of that West Virginia Speakers Cup, a race that uh, produced three out of three next out winners. Uh, looks to be very dangerous in there. Yeah, uh, watch your own bobber comes from the uh, Mike Maker stable. And he's doing something that I think is unprecedented in these stakes. He's got, I don't know how many starters, four or five. And they were all claims. He purchased them all out of claiming races, each and every one of them, including Watcher and Bobber. They claimed him for 50. And and now he's made, what, 330 or so and comes off of uh, what could consecutive stakes wins. His last race at Mountaineer was was just terrific. And, and, And the race before that. Uh, where was that Indiana Downs? I believe uh, he was. He was equally impressive there. He's he's getting better and better, and he's the horse to beat. You m- mentioned Hootenanny. Um, I was very impressed with his with his race at Belterra. Um, although I know he wasn't out to impress me or anybody else, but uh, I was <laughs> impressed with his tractability. You know, he he was comfortable early in the race and just allowed that, that horse on the lead, I forget who it was, to open up five or six down the backstretch. And he was picking his ears, just loping along like that's fine with him. I know I can go get him anytime I want him. And, and he did. Uh, and he, he drew off and, and won by a couple links. He went the third quarter. This is what really impressed me. Uh, he, he went the third quarter in 23 and change, and the final quarter being pulled up in 24 and change. Uh, you know, he, when he was two, he looked like he was going to be a speedy type, but um, he, he has become very tractable. Wesley Ward's done an outstanding job with him, uh, teaching him to control his speed. So it's going to be, I think, a terrific race. And there's some other in there that, that are the very good song sational the uh, bill mott entrant uh he i think could be uh, rolling on the front end here he is an outstanding horse thatcher street is a reliable horse that's going to come running uh in the late stages he was he won what the opening burst stakes at uh at churchill and um he he runs i think his best races on a uh, soft ground and um there's a possibility of soft ground Saturday afternoon because that's when the rain's going to hit. So if, if it if it does hit before this race, um, that might be an interesting interesting possibility. I could see the uh, the pace heating up here in Thatcher Street, running them down on a uh, softer on a softer course. 
Well, uh, you brought the subject up, and uh, it's the 800-pound gorilla in the uh, Calumet Farm Kentucky Turf Cup, uh, a a horse uh, claimed uh, by Maker. I know that Harvey Diamond had something to do that with his uh, sky-high racing partners. He says they were sitting there drinking a couple of beers. They looked out. They said, damn, that horse looks good. Send Maker down there. If, the, if, if he thinks the horse looks good in the paddock, let's claim him. <laughs> that was the best decision made over a couple of beers that I can ever think of because ever since that, uh, this horse scored his first uh, graded stakes last year and since then has gone on to win no less than three graded races the big horse uh, he is a big horse and he continues to win he's won what three consecutive stakes including a couple of graded stakes he gets better and better he won the um the kentucky turf cup last year so he's going for consecutive wins and it, it just doesn't seem to matter to him the, the distance or, or the course. Uh, he has won at this marathon distance uh, three out of five times. But he can also win at shorter distances. He always comes with his run. Uh, a reliable, admirable horse who is, uh, I think, uh, getting better and better even as a five-year-old. You know, horses aren't full-grown till they're five. We, we, we emphasize, of course, their, their earning potential at three. And we like to see them improve a little bit at four. But they also can improve at five. And, and the big horse is, I think, at, at his best, uh, better than he's ever been. And uh, he's going to be very, very tough to beat in the uh, Kentucky Turf Cup. Well, what's great is there's there, there's so many opportunities. You can maybe make him a, a, a single in one of your extended wagers, shall we say? Well, um, want to get to the Kentucky Downs Lady Sprint real quick because Gary West. I also want to mention Ride to Win and uh, different ways people can get the, that book that I hold I hold in my hand right now. It's one of my favorites. Um, well, anyhow, I, I like. The, 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 I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. Well, I was I, just gonna, I was just going to point out. Uh, Mississippi Delta looks very dangerous here coming out of that grade three Royal North and Woodbine. But you talked about prices earlier. If you like her at five to two, you got to like rapid rhythm at 10 to one because she only finished about a length behind her in that race. I agree. I, I, I agree entirely. Um, uh, Mississippi Delta uh, actually had a, a little trouble in that race. Um, was was uh, sort of trapped down on the rail, but she finished, I thought, with good energy. And she finished two lengths behind Lady Shipman, who's probably the best best uh, female turf spinner in, in the country. Uh, so that, that was really a superlative effort. Uh, I, I liked that effort quite a bit. But uh, Rapid Rhythm, that was her first outing in a while, and, and, and she was very close uh, to, to Mississippi Delta. I, I, I think she's dangerous in here. Uh, Rumble Doll is dangerous. Miss Double Doro. Now, there's one for you. Uh, Neil Drysdale brought this one in from California. She's a late runner. I saw her today, by the way, and she looks like a monster. I mean, she is powerful and a very intimidating filly physically. Uh, I, I, I was really taken with the way, with, with her presence and with the way she looked when I saw her today. Um, so I'm, I'm sure going to put a few bucks on a Miss Double Doro. Well, uh, again, before we uh, want to move away from this race, uh, but again, that race, that rapid rhythm and Mississippi Delta came out both the first place, 
Lady Shipman, as you mentioned, and she's explosive, came back and won their next time out. So you got to consider that a key race and something to concern you when you're when you're handicapping this race. Well. Um, Got a couple minutes left. I want to go back in time because I know that I had you on the show when uh, the insiders look at the jockey's craft ride to win came out. How are things going with the book? And I understand that there's there's now a version of the book that also shows you video of the races they're talking about. That's right. There's a there's a version online um, where you can uh, click on the race as you read it as you read about it in the book and and actually um it's a link and it will take you to the race and you can watch the race so you can see for example exactly what Randy Romero is talking about when he describes that great uh, Breeders' Cup distaff with personal lints and I think it was at the 516th pole she, she wasn't going anywhere I remember watching that race in the uh, Churchill Downs press box thinking oh my god she's beat she's just not she's just not getting a hold of the track she's not going anywhere at all that was a very rainy day the track was muddy she had never run in the mud before she was farther back than she'd ever been before Randy was doing everything he could to uh to to, to get her comfortable and to uh, to in, inspire her to run, and finally five sixteenths pole. Who knows why? You know, it's it's the kind of instincts that make you a great jockey and that put Randy in the Hall of Fame. He hit her left-handed in the turn, which is probably earlier than he ever hit her in in either of their lives, and and she just drifted out one path and found the footing. That made the difference. And when she was on that footing, as opposed to the somewhat muddier, deeper inside, uh, she just took off and, and nailed winning colors right on the money in one of the greatest races I've ever seen in the greatest Breeders' Cup I think anybody's ever seen. Absolutely. Well, Gary West, thanks so much. I, I hope people go up there. Again, it's Ride to Win. And don't forget, Kentucky Downs, great value. Pull down your easy win forms uh, from winning ponies and that, and in addition to all the great handicappers uh, they got down there alongside Gary West. Gary, thanks for your time. Appreciate it greatly. I love having you on the show. My pleasure, John. Anytime. Thank you. All right, that was uh, Gary West, and I want to thank uh, Dan Torgman, and I want to thank you for listening to Winning Ponies. Again, pull down the, the easy win forms. There's some great betting out there. Go to Kentucky Downs, super value. As I look out the press box window across the manicured turf course over the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky, I'm telling you, when you go to the races, bet with your head, not over it. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Network.